Today on a chilling episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that will make you want to drive your car to a Starbucks, fill up 10 large barrels of pumpkin spice latte, drain them into your bathtub, and then bathe your skin in the sweet autumn spices of Starbucks every day for the next 31 days. Trust me, my corpse is literally embalmed at pumpkin spice latte. If you ever want to dig me up, I'll show you what happens when a young man grows up in a house known to have some devilish energy around it. What happens when that energy escapes and follows this innocent soul, tormenting and even physically attacking him? We'll find out today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown possibly the undead this is real ghost stories online that indeed it is welcome to the program 855-853-4802 call that number 24 7 and share your real ghost stories with us or write in at real ghost stories online.com that's the other way you can share with us love to hear your ghost stories real ghost stories online.com or if you uh are with us on facebook you can always send stories there uh, as well. Uh, and check out this. Uh, if you want the archive, which is the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, you can get that at ghostpodcast.com. All the episodes completely commercial free. Uh, you also get advanced episodes of the show. You get our EPP bonus episodes as well. Extra podcast person. That's what EPP stands for. Uh, you get so many extras uh, when you become an extra podcast person at ghostpodcast.com. Or through the Patreon app, just search Real Ghost Stories Online. All four words, including online, Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, or go to uh, patreon.com slash real ghost stories and uh, sign up. Five bucks a month to access to all that stuff. And that support is what keeps this program afloat and has been for the past uh, almost 10 years. It is Tony and Harper with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Well, we just got back from a fun like little weekend trip to Hot Springs. Hot Springs, Arkansas. Yep. Yeah. And it's an interesting town to to say the least. Kind of creepy. Not gonna lie. And and I, I like that. I think they kind of play that vibe up a little bit. Um but I, we went there last year for and just stayed over uh, on a, a quick little trip with my parents. And then we went back again this last or a couple weekends. Uh, yeah, this last weekend. <clears throat> and it went to a totally different part of town, part of town I'd never seen before, the whole downtown area I'd never been to. And it was really neat. The architecture, the uh, way everything was set up. Uh, it was just really, uh, really cool. A lot of Art Deco type things and Spanish uh, type architecture, um, but a lot of it completely abandoned. If the, the storefronts in the downtown pretty filled up, which was awesome. I really enjoyed walking around there. It was a neat town. I really, I don't have anything to complain about of that town, uh, but I got a weird vibe there. I did too. And it was it was more so around this like Dana Barron's looking apartment building. <laughs> yeah, there was. There was an old building. It was once the tallest building in the state of Arkansas, and now it's abandoned. I, I think someone bought it, and I think they're starting to look at renovating it. Uh, it, it really it looked a lot like Dana Barron's apartment building in Ghostbusters, <laughs> but all the windows kind of open or broken, and you really wanted to go up there and take a look at it, but you, you couldn't get in. 
But I, there was that there. I don't know. I mean, that just, it looked ominous. I, I saw something. I get in a, a weird vibe uh, as as I got closer to Hot Springs and as I leave Hot Springs. And I, I don't know what it is or why it is. It's it's just kind of a heaviness. It's kind of a weirdness. Yeah. I feel off. I it, really feel that. Maybe it's something to do with the Springs. I don't know. But uh, again, it was a neat town. And I really, I, it's a town I want to like. But I just feel uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. I saw something in the hotel we were staying at. What did you see? We were walking down a ho- we were walking down the hallway. Mm-hmm. At like at this like really like fancy like looking door at the end of the hallway, probably like mm-hmm. a super suite or something. I saw this apparition, a kind of like a it's a, kind of a white clear apparition, not like a dark apparition. It was weird. I didn't see it. You didn't, but I told you about it. And we used like our little app thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it said runner. Yeah. It was interesting, uh, it, but we didn't get much else out of the app with it telling us anything. I mean, like when I saw it, I ran to you. So mm-hmm. I just said, that's probably what it's referring to. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That doesn't make sense. But after that, we didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. We did go and uh, do a little re- trying to find room 666, which actually does have stories attached to it involving Al Capone uh, and uh, someone who committed suicide in that room. Uh, it's now been changed to 667, uh, and I guess hasn't for quite a while. But the funny part is with that, the 7 is an obvious fix <laughs> to the 666 because like it's, it's a totally different size. It's not the same font. As it's weird. Like, it almost it looks like it's supposed... It doesn't look like it's supposed to be there, but it kind of looks like it like fits like the font and everything. <clears throat> no, it's too big. It doesn't make sense. Yes, it, it looks like somebody tacked something on there because that's the only seven they had. Yeah, fair point. So it, it's um, it was it was interesting. Uh, then we walked around. Uh, we kind of went to all different floors and walked around. And I turned on the Elmer Bernstein uh, score to Ghostbusters. You know the dun da da dun da dun da da. You know, and and so it was all of the the symphonic music that plays throughout it, and I kind of kept going to the ones where they're walking up and down the halls of the hotel, and it's he sees me, Ray. Yeah, I think he wants to slime me, Ray. <laughs> and we never quote movies, but it just felt right at that moment. So yeah. Anyway. And there were some people who I think got it. They like looked back, like, "What is that? Oh my God! It's the Ghostbusters <laughs> music." It's like, "Hi, we're having fun." So anyway. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to a caller. Hi. Uh, hopefully I don't take too long, but um, we, when I was a child, we lived, well, we moved into a little town called Minidosa, Manitoba, and we moved into a wartime house. At that time, well, I didn't know uh, about ghosts. I was too little to understand, but uh, as I grew up in it, there had been some strange occurrences that uh, I can't really explain to this day. And also, because I was too young, I didn't have the words to tell these stories, uh, these experiences. Um, uh, One particular um, time I had a friend sleep over and we're down in, in the living room 
and we had this big window that faces uh, like a, a side road and um, we slept in the living room and uh, this car that drove by um, cast a shadow because we've seen the lights go by the window cast a shadow of two uh, men and um, this was in the middle of the night <sighs> so it was the silhouette of two men that went by uh, they both had duck hunter hats on that's what we called them um, one in the front had the, a rifle slung on his back and the guy behind had a huge sack carrying slung over his back and these two shadows rolled by as the car lights um as the car drove by uh, as soon as the lights were gone the shadows disappeared and uh, my friend told me something afterwards because we both saw saw this she said to me that um, she noticed that those shadows were from the inside of the house they appeared at the bottom of the curtain as well as um, the shadows that was casted just on the window part. She said that she noticed that they were also on the inside uh, beneath the wall and the curtains were, you know, uh, still kind of touching the, um, the wall too because they were shut. So that was one really freaky time in that house and another uh, time I saw another shadow at a different sleepover at a different time uh, something someone walked by and it was completely black uh, it had no features and it walked by and ran into the closet and uh, well the next day I went to look to see if there's anything in that closet but like it walked by our door where we were sleeping on the floor it walked right by uh, it made no sound and it went like I said it went into the hall closet so, but I looked in there I was scared but I um, there was nothing in there but those were two really freaky things that happened and another time um, and I was still very young when this happened um, I was tucked into bed to go for sleep at night and for some reason I happened to just glance across my room and it was dark uh, but there was still a hall light on uh, I saw the head a decapitated head appeared in my room uh, it was across the room and uh, it was on an old uh, an old black and white TV it was right on the top um, and it was a man and the skin was a grayish um, pasty white uh, color the jaw his jaw hung gaping wide open and um, his eyes were bulged out and they were rolled back like they were looking kind of up but they were uh, and there was a big sh uh, bullet mark 
right in his forehead, and he had this wiry hair and scraggly on the both sides of his head, but he was bald on the top. I uh, immediately um, ducked under my covers to hide my eyes because I wasn't expecting that, to see anything like that. I wasn't thinking about anything. And um, then when I just prayed, I wished it away. And then I looked up again, and of course it was gone. And that, so I really had a hard time sleeping in that house. And another occasion, uh, the tap water turned on while I was having a bath. And like I was very young when these things happened, and so I didn't really talk about it, and that because it, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> and another, another time too, this happened to my sister as well. Um, at the time we shared a room and a, and a bunk bed, uh, first she woke up to hearing just in our own room, it sounded like a windy tunnel. And, um, she got my mother up and said, oh, you're just dreaming. You're just having a nightmare. Go back to sleep. And once my sister calmed down, she went back to sleep. I was left awake hearing this windy tunnel noise that it echoed through just in our room because my sister said when she went outside of our room it it wasn't out in the hallway it was just you could only hear it in the room uh, we still don't know what it was and then another occasion when we were coming home for lunch from school with my dad and my mom and, and myself uh we were in the midst of eating our lunch when all of a sudden I, this echoing vibration or this sound came from upstairs and it got, as it got louder, you could start to hear a man laugh and through the echoes, it just echoed and it got really loud. And then the next thing I remember was you could hear somebody stomping upstairs and laughing and there was this echoey vibrational um sound and this thing started running and it, as it ran through the rooms it stomped it stomped really loud and really hard and it was laughing and all the time it there was this big echo and it was a really wicked man's laugh and it went back and forth uh several times before it stopped but my dad said, because uh, he was just sitting there, we were all sitting there shocked. Uh, he just chalked up and said it was just the pipe, the water pipes. And that, so it made us feel a little better. But it was a couple of strange um, things that went on. Uh, and another time there's footsteps and there was strange lights. And... Um, um, yeah, I think that's about, those were the main scary ones, except for the, the, um, we went to a movie once and the parents went out to go and visit, uh, their friends, but, uh, we got back sooner after the movies and my other sister said she locked the door, but when we got home, the door was wide open. And when we went into the living room, there was these paper-thin, flat 
frogs. They were kind of sprawled out on on the uh, living room rug. And uh, she said she swore up and down that she uh, locked the door. Uh, but when we got home, there it was. It was open. And we don't know how or we haven't an explanation uh, why that happened and why there was these flat frogs. It was kind of creepy. And, uh, yeah, so, and one other evening I was watching... Um, uh, Elvis Presley's Blue Hawaii, I uh, heard the front door quietly creep open. I could hear the latch lo- unlocking. And then I heard soft, well, soft uh, shoe footsteps. And then I just got up and, and went upstairs because it, uh, it just sounded like somebody was in the in the porch area and so I just went upstairs. Well, I was just too little to um um to say anything about it and not to um um I guess I didn't have the words uh to say that this kind of stuff was going on and then I noticed it and and uh for some reason, I think I had a paranormal childhood because, well, I've also seen, uh, and not thinking about it either, I've seen, like, see-through small beings in that house, too. They were, uh, as bizarre as it sounds, um, one time I saw one climb, it was about to climb up on my parents' bed because I was in their room because I was scared and then I saw a pair of little hands come up and it was carrying a brick and it this was all see-through but I could still see it and it dropped the brick see-through brick on the bed and then it hoist was trying to hoist itself up and it had a big round face and kind of a wiry looking hair that stuck out and little eyes and freckles on the face, a little tiny nose, and I just shut my eyes and, and, and wished it away because it was, you know, it, that one scared me too, along with some of the other little um, little being that was like light because I had a flu. And I think I, I don't know how old I was. I was pretty young. Oh, this all happened when I was little, <laughs> and. Um, the um, the little bean was standing by my lamp, and it was see-throughy. I called it a fairy, but I I was actually scared. And uh, I there again hid my eyes under the covers because I didn't want to I didn't want to look at it. And um, so that's why I think my house was haunted. Um, because it was an old wartime house. And plus I used to have nightmares and that with uh, people from the war around there and I was just little and I didn't understand it. I just, well, just put it that way. It was quite weird. The shadows and the, um, um, the noises and that. And another time too, I guess my mother was sewing and she went to go reach for a coffee cup and it wasn't there. 
and then she found it later on. It was down in the kitchen, and it was empty. So, but so things like that happened in that place, which was really odd. So, um, yeah, and plus too, um, my friend and I had UFO um, experiences too. We've seen a UFO in her backyard, and here we are, just little children again, playing. Uh, I was digging in, I was visiting um, at her place, and we played outside, and I was digging in the gravel under her swing set, and I noticed my friend wasn't around, so I stood up to find out what, where she went, and here she was standing uh, really still, and so I went over to where she was standing, and I was very puzzled on why, what was going on, and as I approached her, I noticed she had a shock look on her face, and that she um, was looking at something uh, in the sky, it was the distant sky um, above the uh, tree line, and so I went and turned my head to see what she was looking at, and then that's when I saw it, too. Uh, there was this huge, bright, white light up in the sky, and it looked like a sun, but it wasn't the sun. And it was, it was still for a while. And then we, well, we just stood there and watched it, and then it started moving. It kind of glided, but it made no sound. And then it just drifted off towards the hills, which were in the back of her house. And then we watched it while it just sank behind the hills. Well, because we were little kids, we thought that it was up in the hill. So she ran in, and uh, she, her, her brother came out. And like I say again, we were just tiny little kids at the time, and we ran up the hill to go and search for this whatever that was, but thank God we didn't find anything because uh, that would have been more scary. So, yeah, so those are my, a few of my paranormal experiences that I've had in that, in that town, in that house. Uh, I've had other experiences in other places, so, but I think I am um, had somehow been very open to things that I... Uh, now can explain i think yeah lots of experiences there lots to unpack what one stood out to you well the head on the tv sounded pretty frightening head on the tv the decapitated head that you yeah. saw on the top of her tv do you think do you think she saw that do you think it was something that was like projecting that in her mind do you think she was you know or, or possibly just kind of scared and that's uh that's what she saw i mean like she kind of like really script described it so i'm gonna say that she probably saw that yeah i mean i believe that she saw that i just wonder about some of those things when you're a kid when there's weird imagery that one sees because i and i go back and i've said this story before when i i watched thriller far too many times in a row uh and then one night i was kind of freaked out to go up to bed and i swore to god there was the Michael Jackson thriller <laughs> character standing in front of uh, the bathroom door. And then there were zombies on each on the other two doors 
to my bedroom and my parents' bedroom. And I saw them standing up there. And I, I remember the imagery to this day. And I was so scared to go upstairs. And I, then I went up and it was, nothing happened, obviously. But I, when I looked up there, I saw that. But I, I don't ever look at that as paranormal. I look at that as I freaked myself out. And when you're a kid, that's the only time I've ever had that overactive of an imagination. I never seen anything or hallucinated anything in my life ever. I guess that's the only time I could say that I saw that. I mean, like, if you really think about it, I don't think a like small child at her age would be able to even like contemplate on what that it would look like. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, like you were watching the video like over and over again. So you had an yeah. idea on what that look yeah. looked like. So I don't know, like But memory is flawed too. Because if if she saw it, let's say it in, in her mind at that time, it looked like a cartoon head on the thing. Because that's her mind was generating it to look like that. And I'm not saying that that's what it was, but let's say it just didn't look right. Um, because she didn't know what that would look like. As she grows older, she the every memory is regenerated every single time. It's not perfect. And things can shift and change. And we don't realize it. Uh, it, it's a very flawed system. So my assumption, I think, would be as you grow older and you know what that looks like, your mind is going to assign it a little more graphic, a little more detailed than what maybe you remember seeing at that age. I don't know. There was obviously a lot of things there. It's just very interesting to kind of dissect bits and pieces to uh, kind of get a better understanding of what was experienced. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Let's go to the phones. Hi. Yes, um, my name is Dawn, and I was going into my grandma and grandpa's garage. I was working second shift, and my um, oldest was there at the time, and I was paying my grandma to take care of him. And I walked into the garage, and I didn't turn the light on because I have, you know, I know that garage like the back of my hand. I know exactly where everything is. So I walked right in the garage and I didn't shut the light off or turn the light on. And as I'm walking into the garage, I'm almost to the door. And all of a sudden I see underneath the window in the garage, there are these two red eyes. And I looked over, I acknowledged them, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, I'm almost, you know, I'm like, I'm reaching up to grab the door handle at the moment that I see the eyes. So I wasn't really going to freak out or anything because I was almost to safety, basically. So as I looked over and I saw that I was reaching for the door and I grabbed the door, had that thought run through my head. And then from over across the garage to right beside me on the other side where the wall is, where there's a bench, where my hands reaching the door, uh, the eyes, I didn't look back to see if the eyes were there, but whatever was there traveled from there to right beside me in a, like a blink of an eye and it growled and it scared the living crap out of me. But I was already, you know, one foot going into the house and stuff like that. I, for as long as I could remember, I always turned the light on in that garage from that point on out. My girlfriend, um, Amunda is her nickname she come over and we got um, boys about the same age 
and um, her boyfriend, my friend Thomas, that's how I met her, was through my friend Thomas. They were dating, and we were doing like a, we were having like a, a card night, me and, me and all, all of our friends, you know, getting together, and she brought her son over so our kids could play together and stay the night and stuff like that, and so she could hang out with Thomas and have, you know, one-on-one time, I'd, you know, take care of the babies. And her son just started crying. And when I, 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 you know, put him down to bed and stuff like that, and her son just started crying and crying and crying and crying. And he wouldn't stop crying. And I went and got a, a Munda and I told her, I was like, hey, um, the baby's not, you know, he, he, he won't stop crying. I, I really think he needs his mom. So she comes, she goes in there and she's trying to calm him down. She can't calm him down. So she ends up leaving. They end up leaving and going home. And as they end up leaving and going home, she calls me back, not even maybe 20 minutes, and she tells me, she goes, I have to tell you something, and you can't get freaked out about this. You can't judge me. You can't, you know, nothing. And I was like, what? You know? And she said, um, my son in this little room, this house used to be the slave quarters house to this bigger, it's a museum, and, and like on the main drag of the street, well, the the slave house is kind of tucked behind it on the other street, but um, there never used to be a divider. Like there's a fence up dividing the places now, but it, they used to be one together. And there's this um, like fake palm tree that I had in his room to add green into his room for pop. Well, supposedly um, the, my son was in his bed and I made a bed right beside his bed on the floor for her son. And he said while he was laying there in bed, he saw two red eyes up in that um, that palm tree. And when as soon as she told me that, it freaked me out because um, I, I I saw for myself. I have seen those red two eyes, those two red eyes. So what kind of uh, freaked me out a little was it followed me. Um, my grandma's a very sensitive person. I'm a sensitive. My boys are sensitive. So the crazy part is my grandma doesn't protect herself. I've learned to protect, you know, my kids basically because my oldest would talk to me about all kinds of scary things that he was seeing and what was going on around them and stuff like that. So um, I didn't really comprehend stuff at that time in my life. Stuff like that could follow you home. So I just... I thought it was crazy. But as soon as she said that, I told her, I was like, I believe you, dude. I was like, you don't. And they never came back. They never came back to my house. Her son was so scared that they never came back to our house. Thoughts on that? It just really kind of shows like how things can follow you and you can never be too sure Mm -hmm. on what you're safe from. So be careful, I guess. Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it's something that's a, a cautionary tale, if you will. And um, I I kind of, I, I think if I was in that situation, I didn't know what was going on or whatnot, I probably wouldn't be going back either. I think it'd be kind of like, yep, I'm good. Thank you. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air, become an extra podcast person, sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get yourself access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and more. It's all there. Five bucks a month. Ghostpodcast.com 
or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Harper, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening. Real Ghost Stories Online.